All right, let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you. We love you. Uh, God, we ask that we can just focus on you and everything that we do. Uh, God, as we open your word here in a few minutes, uh, we ask that we can just learn something from you today. Uh, Lord, we, we know that we gather for your uh, glory, and we want to live in that. Uh, give all honor, all praise, all worship to you. Praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. We ready to get started? All right. Uh, if you have a Bible, uh, open to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. And, and while you're turning there, I'm going to talk about a, a verse in the Old Testament. You can write it down. You don't have to turn there. But in Proverbs chapter 29, uh, verse 18, there, there is a, um, a, a very important, important text. And um, as we're going to see, the importance of this text uh, cannot be um, understated. And I think that, that we, we, we're going to see a little bit more of um, how, how this uh, plays out for us. But in, in, in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, it says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Um, now, this is, uh, this is the translation which we use. I, I love this translation. I'm going to tell you why in a second. But um, growing up, uh, using the, the King James, I, I, I actually, and I wish Miss Stephanie was, was, was here to, to hear this because she'd be going, woohoo! I actually li like the King James version of this uh, text better. Um, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. I think we can, it helps us to better understand um, what, the, uh, what the writer is saying here. Um, I, I think if we look at this on, on any type of level, um, we, we can understand that if you don't have a vision of, of, of something, um, chaos is going to ensue. I like to use uh, my wife as an example in this, and she'll have to forgive me. She always does. Um, she's got a special place in heaven uh, set aside for her because of many times she's forgiven me. Uh, but like my, my wife will say, and we just did this a couple days ago, uh, she'll say things to me like, um, let's go do something. Anybody in here, your wife say, let's go do something? <laughs> well, what's your response? Well, what do you want to do? And then what's your response, dear? I don't know. I, don't know. I just want to do something. Right, right. I mean, any married couple has, has faced that at one time or another. So, and, and I like to use that illustration because I, I think that that, that uh, just it just causes pandemonium. Because usually, what happens is, what do you mean you don't know? You what do you want to? Do? I just don't want to do something. I just don't want to sit around the house all day. Right. I mean, that's what she. That's what, and I, I I agree. And I was okay. I'm agreeing. Let's go do something. What do you want to do? I don't know. You figure it out. Well, there's no vision there. It's like, I want to go do something, but what that something is, we don't know. <laughs> I, I think a lot of times that's what happens uh, when we come to church, to, to be honest with you. Uh, we, we can get this, this mindset, like, I, I want to do something for God, and then you're like, okay, what do you want to do? I don't know, I don't, I, I, but I, I want to do something. I know I need to do something. I don't want to just sit around, but I want to do something. Well, I, I, I think that that's where we're, we, uh, we need to kind of focus. We need to understand that, that, that there is a mission. God has set forth what we need to do. And um, we, we talked about purpose in life a, a, few, uh, a few weeks ago. But I, I want to talk today, well, we're going to end up, and I'll give you the ending before I give you the, 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 the beginning. Where I want to end up today is we're going to, uh, we're going to cast the, the, the new mission statement and the vision for our church. 
for LifePoint Church. We're going to cast this, and we're going to then, over the next few weeks, start to unpack it um, piece by piece. Um, but, it, but before we get to all of that, what I want to do is I want to give you an example and give you an a, 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 um, a, a encounter and a, a story in Scripture about a man with a vision who's, um, or a mission who's, he was on the wrong mission, and then God put, God put him on the right mission, and he has done great things, or he did great things after he was put on the right mission. Because just having a mission alone isn't always a good thing. Because if my wife says, okay, let's go do something, and I say, what do you want to do? She, I don't know. I say, okay, I'm going to take control, and we're going to go, we're going to go do something. And I, I don't know, I'll use something like, uh, what? Cabela's. Now, see, that's the thing. She would, she would enjoy like that. What, what would you not like to enjoy go doing, Shannon? What would you not like to do? Go to her mother-in-law's house. Um, I'm going to say, <laughs> we're going to go to your mother-in-law's house. And no, no let, let's go do something else. But, but here's the deal. I can have a, a, a vision. Dad's chuckling. You're not supposed to do that, Dad. Um, Dad, but, but I, can have, I can say, okay, this is the mission which we're doing, and it can be the wrong mission, and, the, and bad can come out of that, that, that mission. Um, don't get me wrong. I love my mom. I do. It, Move on. Um, I do, I do, I do, I do. Uh, but I, I think that, the, the, that my point is, sometimes our, our mission isn't always the, the, the right mission. is isn't the mission that God wants us to be on. Uh, maybe that was a b- bad illustration example. So be it. What we're going to do is we're going to look at an example today of a man on a mission. And if you're, you need a title for today's message, that's what it's called, man on a mission. And this man on the mission is uh, Saul of Tarsus. Uh, what we're going to see with, with Saul of, of Tarsus is that he was definitely on a mission that he thought that was something that God wanted him to do. He truly thought that, that, that the mission that he was on was ordained or set forth by God. Um, but we're going to see that, that that wasn't the case. So if you're, if you're there, we're going we're gonna to look at... Uh, Acts chapter 9, and we're just going to talk about this. Starting in verse 1, it says, But Saul, so real quick, Saul of Tarsus later becomes the apostle Paul, who wrote 13 books of the, um, uh, of the New Testament. So it was a godly man who did some extraordinary things and the, 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 the thing that, that, that kind of confuses people is some people think like when he was, um, when, when Jesus was born, like Paul or Saul was, was born in the, the manger next to him. And he was, ever since childhood, he was just this um, awesome uh, uh, spiritual giant. Uh, was he a well-learned man? Yeah, but he was actually, what we're going to see is he was a, a great opponent of the church. Because it says, but Saul... Still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. 
so a little bit of a context here. So what, the, what has taken place here, um, Jesus has, has, has already died on the cross, okay? Jesus has, has already risen from the dead. He's already spent um, that, that, that time of, of 40 days with his disciples on earth. Jesus has already, um, he, he's already ascended into heaven, Pentecost, the day of Pentecost has already happened now, and, and the Holy Spirit has fell upon his disciples. And, and um, since uh, the, the day of Pentecost, the church is just exploding. Uh, 3,000 people join, uh, the repent and join the church in one day, and another time 5,000 join. So this, this church is just exploding. God's doing some major works here. And as this is exploding here, you have the, the, uh, the, 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 religious, the religious people of the time. You'll, you'll see uh, the scripture refers to them as the, the, the Jews. And that's not just um, any Jewish people. That would be the, the, like the religious elite. These people who, who, who made their livelihood uh, from uh, being uh, um, workers in the, in the temple and um, doing ceremonies and, and, and such. Uh, the, 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 these, uh, these individuals, they, they, got, they, they got ill towards what was happening. Well, one of those is the apostle Paul, which we know here as Saul of Tarsus. This is a man who, who was well-learned. He knew a lot about what was going on. He knew a lot about the Bible. He actually had parts of the Old Testament um, uh, memorized. And in his mind, and in the mind of the Jew, Jewish people, um, the, 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 the um, ones who practiced Judaism, he would have been one of the elite. He would have been one of the ones that were close to God. Very, very, very religious. So during this time, this is around 33, 34 AD, somewhere around in there, um, as, as the church is just exploding, as, as all the seats are been, have been taken up because of the work in which it is, uh, the, 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 the Holy Spirit is doing through the people and how they're proclaiming um, the, the, the gospel, how they're telling other people about who Jesus is. Um, so if, if we're going to, side note, if we're going to grow as a church, we need to be telling other people who Jesus is. Don't, don't leave that up to the bald guy up here. It's, 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 it's our job as believers in Jesus Christ to tell other people who Jesus is, okay? So they were doing this. They were telling other people who Jesus is, and this church was just exploding. Well, one of the, um, uh, um, uh, I'll say officials, he was a deacon in the church, uh, of this early church. By, he was a man by the name of Stephen. Um, he got up to, 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 to preach, and he, and he was preaching out where everybody can hear him. And um, it wasn't preaching like I'm preaching here to you today because uh, he was preaching to people who did not believe in, in, in Jesus. He was preaching to two crowds. He was kind of thinking like a Billy Graham crusade or something like that. He was preaching to unbelievers. And he was preaching to these religious people. Well, they didn't like what he had to say. And because they didn't like what, they, what he had to say, they killed him. They stoned him. They picked up rocks. And they threw rocks at him until he died. Well, we, we don't have that going on here. Please, there's no rocks under your chairs. There might, you may, if you go outside, we've removed all the rocks. That's part of the plan, I remove all the rocks. No, they, they, they picked up rocks to, to stone him. And they, 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 they killed Stephen. And, and what, the, what the Bible says is, as they were throwing these rocks, the, the, their coats were getting too heavy on them. Like they couldn't get the, the full wind up in there. So they had to, you know, here, hold my, here, hold my coat so I can really get my wind up and, and throw this rock. 
Well, who um, they were giving their coats to, it says that they were laying their, their, their coats at the feet of Saul. This Saul of Tarsus. Uh, that may not may, you know, make a whole lot of sense to, to everyone, but um, because, well, so he was a coat boy. No, 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 it's way more than that. Um, by them laying their, their, their coat at the feet of Saul, was they were saying that, okay, um, this is our job to do this. You just, you stand here and oversee this because of your position, uh, you, you, your stature. You're supposed to oversee um, what we're doing and approve of what we are doing. So, Saul stood there with the, the, feet, uh, the coat at his feet as Stephen was being stoned. So it kind of gives us a text, when it, uh, context of what's going on here when it says that Paul still breathing threats. So what was this, that he was still breathing threats? What was he doing? They were murdering Christians. Anybody in here murder Christians for a living? Okay, good. If you are, I'm, I'm glad you didn't raise your hand, so I'd turn you in. Um, no, but they, he was murdering Christians, and he was in his mind, justified by God to do this. He thought that, that God wanted him to do this. Why do I stress this? Well, we're going to see that this great transition between Saul of Tarsus, who murdered Christians, who was a, a great persecutor of the church, becomes the great proclaimer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I love to stress this because some people I talk to say, you don't know what I've done or you don't know, what, you know how bad things have gotten and stuff that I've encountered. I, 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 you're right, I don't. But there's no one, there's no one that is too far gone. And this is a story of being too far gone. This is the apostle, the, the apostle Paul, the, the man of Saul of Tarsus, was a, a man who was killing Christians. And Jesus is going to say, hey, stop it, right? Let's look. Verse 3. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. So as he's on his way, as he's um, riding his donkey down the road on his way to Damascus, about 140-ish miles uh, to Damascus. It's, it's, it's a trip. It's not like jumping in your car and being there in a couple hours. This would have been a long journey. Now, as he went on his way, uh, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, now, now pause for a second. Who was Saul persecuting? Christians, right? What does this voice, and I know that those of you that, that have red letter edition Bibles know this, this is Jesus speaking, right? What does this voice say? What does he say? Why are you persecuting who? Me. Me. I, I love this, especially after we just got done with our, our, our uh, series on our identity in Christ. What we have to understand is not only do we identify with Christ, Christ identifies with us. He says here, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You know those Christians that, you, that you're, you're killing, you're persecuting me. I love that because Jesus takes ownership in me. Jesus takes ownership in you. So we have to understand it. If, if, if somebody said, well, I have no value, well, that, that's, that's garbage. 
Because if, if you're a believer in Christ, Christ takes ownership and value in you. It goes on to say, and he said, and Paul said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. I, I, I love this because Jesus didn't explain, didn't lay out the whole list of, okay, you're going to do this, and you're going to do this, and this is what's going to happen. No, what he does is he knocks him off of his donkey. I, I restrained myself there. I almost said something else. It was... That would have been awesome, though. Um, no, he, 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 because, you know, he knocks him off his donkey on his donkey, but fill in the blanks. Um, but he, he does. He knocks him down on his can. And he says, okay, get up, go into the city. Oh, by the way, um, you're not going to be able to see for a little bit. It says, the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground. And although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Think about this for one second. Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the church, goes to the high priest to get letters. What that is is just getting the, the, um, um, uh, the authority. He, he's getting the authority of the high priest to, go, um, uh, to be uh, the, the one to go out and, and to kill these Christians and to bind them and bring them back, back so they can stone them too. He's leading this, this, this band, right? He's leading the, 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 this charge. He's leading this mission, and what does this say happens here? Those in which he was leading had to end up leading him because he had an encounter with Christ and he couldn't see anymore. Jesus showed up to, the, to, to Saul and, and said, okay, stop. And you're going to have to endure a little bit of humility. Mm. The, those are hard words to, to, to swallow sometimes, Right? But I'm doing what God wants me to do. Okay, if Jesus showed up to you and knocked you on your can, what's going to happen? Is he going to say, okay, oh, I'm sorry, get up and do, go ahead, do what you were doing there. Or is he going to say, stop it, and here's what I want you to do. Saul here, he thought he was on this mission for for, for God. He thought that that, that he was uh, going to change the world. He was going to rid the world of this this, um, disgusting sect of of rebel rousers called Christians. He was going to get rid of them so that the the good people can just serve God. And the way in which he was going to get rid of them, he was going to just kill them. It says in verse 9, and for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Three days. So some people like to say, well, that's kind of, you know, it resembles Jesus being, you know, in the tomb for three days and rising again. Whatever. I don't, okay, the symbolism, if it's there, it's there. But being blind for three days and not eating or not drinking and not knowing where you're at and understanding that the reason you came in here was to grab people and snatch them and go the other way and to put them to death and to pound your chest and say, I'm just a godly individual here. Now you're sitting in a room and you can't see anything and and everything, your life is just turned upside down. Now enters a man named Ananias. What we know of Ananias is not much. 
Not much is said of this man outside of this context right here. But I'll say this, and this is like if you're, if you're going to take anything away from what we're talking about today, like the big idea, we can get this. God uses his disciples for his mission in his own way at his timing. It'll pop up there. It's up on the screen so you can copy that down. Just think about this. God uses his disciples. If you're you're here and you're saying, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, plan on being used by God. But it may not always be in the way in which you think. It may not always be at the time in which you think it should be in. It may not be on the mission which you think you should be on. He uses his disciples for his mission in his own way, at his own timing. And we're going to see that because Ananias here comes on scene. Verse 10, it says, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. (laughs) What else would you do if you were blind and had that encounter with Jesus, right? That was a little joke, right? Wake up. Are we awake? All right. And he, and he has seen a vision of a man named Ananias, which is your name, come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. So, so Ananias sees this vision of the Lord, and the Lord says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go, and I want you to lay your hands on, on, on this, this man named Saul, and, he, and he's going to regain his sight. Now, he, he knows that you're coming. This is what I, but you got to go and do this. Could God have, and, and, and think about this, answer to yourself, but just, could, could God have just healed Saul and opened his eyes all by, without Ananias? Yeah, absolutely. He could have done that. But he chose to use his disciple to do his work, his work, his way at his time. It says, um, Ananias answered like most of us would answer, uh, what, what are you talking about, Willis? Lord, I have have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. So he he says, are you you sure? Are you really, 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 are you really want me to do this? He, he, He came to kill me. He came to bind like guys and gals like me. To take, you want me to step out to do this? That's going to be a little bit uncomfortable for me. <gasps> right? But he says, but the Lord said to him, go. <laughs> I would just love to have that conversation. Are you sure you want me to do that? Go. Alright, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Can I say a side note over here? I'll get up on this bandwagon just a little bit. This is a soapbox. Um, watch what we say when we're using God's name, please. Because we do this all the time, and I think most people do it inadvertently, and they say, oh my God. Well, here's the deal. It's the name of Jesus is above every other name. 
It's God's name. It says right here, for you will carry my name. Everything that's attached to God's name is holy. Don't use it in an unholy way. I'm not railing anybody. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to, when you do it in front of me, say, hey, stop doing that. My, my kids get their mouth washed out with soap, and uh, Shannon's mean about that. Um, no, I don't do that. I will never wash my, my kids' mouth out with soap. I had it done when I was a kid, and I used to blow bubbles in rebellion. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> I, ser- ask my dad. I did. So um, until they started using dish soap, and that was bad. Uh, um, I will never use Coast soap to this day because I can still taste it in my teeth. Um, but don't use the Lord's name in vain. It's, it's one of the commandments. Just saying. All right, I'll move on. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. So God used Ananias, which we won't hear of Ananias again. There are other names, other men named Ananias, but not this Ananias. We won't hear of him ever again. But if it wasn't for Ananias doing what God told him to do, would we have 13 books of the Bible, of the New Testament? I don't, I don't know. All I can say is that Ananias played an important role, even though we only see him for a short amount of time. God uses his disciples, and he uses his, his disciples to make his mission go forward. The Apostle Paul was on the wrong mission. He was, going to, he was on the mission to persecute the church. He was on the, 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 the mission that he thought was right. God redirects him and say, no, now you're going to be on my mission. It says, for some days... He was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon his name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? So they're saying, well, didn't this guy come to kill us? I'm confused now because now he's saying the same thing we're saying. Is it a trick? No, it's not a trick. He had that encounter with the risen Savior. It said, but Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. I wanted to share that this with you because I, I think that it's a, a lot of times what we see and what we hear and what we do, we kind of like, we rely on ourselves. What do I think I need to do? What do I want to do? What, does God give us ambition? Does God give us desires? Does God give us these things? Uh, to some extent, yes, but what we have to do is we have to measure what our mission is up against God's mission. So my, my question is, what is your mission? Like, if you were to answer, if I, if I made it a requirement that no one's leaving here until you hand me a, a paragraph statement of your mission, what would that say? I'm not going to do that because I, I want to eat too. But what would it say? 
Really, what, what, what would it say? If you, if, you, if you were to look at that and say, this is my mission. Then I'll ask this question as you're thinking about that. What is God's mission? What is God's mission? Because a, a lot of time we can, we can identify our mission, but then we kind of have a hard time with God's mission, and which I think that that's kind of backwards because God's mission is very clear, is very um, cut and dry, is very black and white. God's mission is to display his glory. Why did God create the earth? To display his glory. Why did God bring you here? To display his glory. Why does this happen? To display his glory. God is, hear me on this, don't go negative, but God is the most self-centered being of all time, right? But he's the only one who's righteous and just in doing that. He's perfect in focusing on his glory. If you were to be self-centered, that's sinful because what that's doing is taken away from him. God's mission is to display his glory. Now, we've talked in the past, can we enjoy his glory? Absolutely. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him. Is your mission lining up with God's mission? And, and, and here, I, I don't want anybody to like, like, oh, what a wretched man am I. No, it's not. No, I, I don't want that. What I want is just, maybe you haven't thought about it that way. Is what you are doing, and we talked in, in, in Sunday school this morning, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, everything you do, let everything you do be done to the glory of God. Is everything you, you're doing glorifying God? Or are there things that you need to identify that are not glorifying God and you need to do something different so they glorify God? Or maybe not do them at all. I don't know. God's mission never changes. The ones, the, the, the person who's supposed to change, the one mission who is, is to change is, is ours. But how, how, how can we do that? That's the story in which we read today. Having an encounter with the risen Savior. Well, I'm already saved. I've already had it. Okay, I get it. All right. I'm not saying that you're not. But maybe that you've just veered a little bit. And maybe you've got a little bit hard, a little bit um, desensitized towards sin or got um, comfortable or the other C word, complacent, Whatever. Maybe you just need to have that, that I, I, I need that, that moment, and, and, and I pray for you, for me, for us all, that you don't have to be knocked, knocked off your donkey, right? Onto your donkey to, 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 get, to, to have God get your attention. Some people, it takes that big two by four and wham! All right, you going to listen to me now, Right? But, but, but my prayer is that you don't have to, to hit that. But you still need an encounter with the risen Savior. You need that encounter with the risen Savior. And then you need to say, okay, what do I need to do to line up with him? Not this, what does he need to do to line up with me? If I try to make God line up with me, that's manipulation. And that's not going to work. 
Anybody in here hold the stars in their hand? No, your hands aren't big enough. Even Bobby with his strong grip can't hold them all in his hand, right? You're not going to manipulate God, but you can change your ways. What does that look like? I don't know. Maybe it's something simple that you just got to, something simple in your life. Maybe it's something huge. I, I, I don't know. But regardless, you have to have that encounter with him. I, I've said this from, from right, standing right here before, that you cannot have an encounter with Christ and be the same. If you have an encounter with the risen Savior, you will not and cannot be the same. If you say, yep, I, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I'm still doing this, it doesn't work that way. It's impossible. God didn't intend it that way. Now, God does not want to keep, keep you down, press you down. Oh, you know, you can't do this. You can't have fun. No, no, God wants you to enjoy him. He wants you, as you're glorifying him, to enjoy what he's given you and the blessings that are, that are just pouring over you. But if you're always thinking about me, 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 I, 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 like, like, like Wayne says all the time, I problems, right? If you're always saying I, 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 you're not glorifying him, 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 him. That's the mission of God. Is for, him to, for him to display his glory and for us to come along and enjoy that and be on, on mission with him. So, as I said, and I'm going to close with this. I, I, I want to, to throw this out here. And, and, I, and I understand that we talked on a personal level about your mission with God. But, but I think that, that, that a lot of us have been, and, and this is not a bad thing. It's just it is what it is. A lot of us have been programmed to kind of like, I want to be on mission, and I want to, 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 to glorify God, but I, I need help to do this, and we just need direction, all right? That's where the church comes in. That's where we as a body need to, to, to stand up, set our foot down, and say, okay, this is what we are going to do as a church, and as we are doing this as a church, this is going to help the body, the individuals of the church. So, what is the mission of LifePoint Church? I'm glad you asked. It's always good when it's in my notes. I would suggest, go ahead and throw it up there on the screen. I, I would suggest you write this down. Um, and uh, as, as you're writing it down, I mean, read over this again and again and again and again and again. We're going to be uh, pulling this apart over the next few weeks. Um, but I, I, I think that, that, that we, have to, uh, we have to see the, 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 the importance in this. I, I, I believe that this statement um, is, is something that, that, that God laid on my heart. Uh, my wife can tell you when it happened. I mean, I was wrestling for I mean, a long time. You, you'll, you'll see here as we go through it, the love, learn, live, lead. Some of you have heard me say that for probably four or five years now. And it finally has all just come to, to, to together. And, and like I said, Shannon can tell you when it happened. I was laying in bed. I'm like, oh, we got to figure this out. And then it just been weighing on me. And all of a sudden, it was like God, God didn't speak to me audibly. I, I, I wish he would. I mean, that would be awesome. 
uh, or text message, something. But he just impressed this on me, and I said, all right, we're going we're, we're gonna to do this. So uh, the mission statement for our church from, from this point on is we exist to bring glory to God by making disciples through committing ourselves to loving Him passionately, learning about Him continually, living for Him daily, and leading others to Him intentionally. One more time. We exist to bring glory to God by making disciples. And as you can see, this is a long statement, so there's a lot that we can... We, we, can, uh, we can pull apart here. We exist to bring glory to God by making disciples through, through committing ourselves to loving Him passionately, learning about Him continually, living for Him daily, and leading others to Him intentionally. Love, learn, live, lead. Love, learn, live, lead. My, my desire with this is to help all of us kind of not, not conform to what we're trying to do. No, no, no. My, my desire is that God is going to continue to transform you into being the disciples he wants you to be, to being on mission with him, displaying his glory. Because he says, the way in which you're going to display my glory is by making disciples. And the way in which disciples are made is by telling others about the good news. So with that, we're going to pray, we're going to, lead, we're going to sing, we've got another song, we're going to sing a song, but go over this a few times, be familiar with it. Uh, my, my goal is by the end of the, the, these next six weeks, you're going to be like, hey, is it, isn't it time for you to go on sabbatical? Like we've heard the same thing over and over and over again, go, 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 no, no it, it, but I want to, to press this in. Because if we're on mission as a church, like we're all on the same page and we're all going the same direction, look out, because we're going to do a lot of kingdom work. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, we love you. We thank you. Uh, Father, we ask that um, as we have uh, went through this story, this truth in your word about being on mission, but making sure that we're on the right mission, on your mission, to proclaim your good news. God, we pray that as we've, as we've seen that and as, as we've unveiled and established this new statement, this mission statement for us as a church, that, God, we can, we can see great things work through what it is that you're doing. God, we are, we're, we're, we're a small, young church and we want to do big things for you. We want to be faithful in these small things and trust you for the big things. So, God, through it all, uh, we ask that you continually um, uh, comfort us and continually guide us and strengthen us to do your work and be on your mission. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.